Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. We're absolutely passionate and committed to equipping believers to move forward in their life with Jesus, their careers, and their family. Each episode is designed specifically with you in mind to help you overcome the obstacles you're facing and truly move forward. We know you'll love this episode. Here's your host, Kim Moss. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Move Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Moss. I'm glad to have you here with me today. What an amazing time we are in. What a crazy time we are in. This morning I went to Costco and I went to uh, Vons and I did some grocery shopping and everywhere I go, everyone is wearing a mask. Everyone is wearing uh, plastic gloves. Everybody still avoids each other. There's still lines on the floor. It's just an interesting time. I think, sometimes I think, I, am I am a sci-fi movie? It's just so incredibly strange. But this is our normal right now, and it's anything but normal. And it's so interesting because we're in a time when uh, things are about to open up, and of course it's going to go in phases. And uh, But how will it be for uh, people to go from having all kinds of freedom to then being sheltered in place for what? five, six weeks, or more, depending on what state and what city that you live in. And then suddenly, it's okay to go out, and it's okay to engage. It's okay to go to a restaurant, or <laughs> go to the gym, or go get your hair cut. Hallelujah. Um, I'm sure it's causing people some anxiety. And I know that there is uh, an increase in fear and increase in anger, and increase in depression. And so I want to talk to you about peace. And that's why we started this little mini-series last week and uh, started just introducing what I want to talk to you about. And today I want to continue. So we're talking actually about peace or violent times because we live in a time when things uh, seem violent. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of shifting everywhere, and we have need a need for peace now. We have a need for the peace of God to invade our hearts and minds. We have a need for the peace of God to invade our households and our ministries, our businesses, uh, our thought life, our emotions. Because you see, in the place of peace where the presence of God permeates, activates, and empowers then we receive fresh strategies and blueprints for the days ahead. And having a violent peace in all circumstances and situations releases the God of peace to crush Satan underneath our feet. Romans 16.20 talks about God will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. And you know what that really is about, don't you? There is a lot of scripture uh, that speaks about things being placed underneath the feet of Jesus. And then subsequently, in Romans 16, he says it will be underneath our feet. See, when things are underneath the feet in Scripture, it means that you have authority over that. It means that you have the right to rule over that. And you have the freedom to act. You are not limited. You are not restrained. Uh, you don't have to wait for uh, any more permission or resource, you have been given everything you need to act in that moment freely, and you have the authority uh, to have your commands obeyed. 
Isn't that interesting? And so all things are being placed underneath the feet of Jesus, and he has authority over all things. And right now, we live in the kingdom time. And so, of course, kingdom uh, time means that in the time since Christ was born and died and resurrected, and so all things are being placed underneath his feet. But, of course, we do live in a time where it is um, already but not yet. What does that mean? That means that as we live out this life until he comes again, things are being put underneath his feet. So he is, he has all authority and he has given all authority to his disciples. That's me and you when we are believers in Christ. But we are learning how to exercise our authority. And of course, we still have an enemy on this earth and we still, and we still deal with sin and sickness and Satan. Yet, when we rise up in our authority and we use the tools that have given have been given to us, the name of Jesus that is above every name, which gives us basically um, power of attorney, and we use the blood of Jesus, which always speaks a better word, and there's the life is in the blood, and the blood cleanses, and the blood is powerful, And when we walk in the covenant relationship we have with God and we abide in him, then he abides in us. And when we uh, walk according to his commandments, loving him and loving each other and ask according to his will, then we have what we ask for. And so we have been given really mighty tools that are not carnal, for the pulling down of every stronghold. And so I think that we're living in a day when we're going to begin to learn how to do all those things once again. But one of the things that we still need, if we are going to operate in that time and in that way, is peace. It's important that we have peace. And so we need the God of peace to crush Satan underneath our feet so that we can remain on task in the kingdom, move forward and receive the promises that are released to us. We have promises. And peace is ours in Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. We have been given a gift of peace through Christ Jesus. And today and next time when we meet, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to activate that peace in us afresh. But first, you know, I think that it's important we understand what we've been given so that uh, we can fully activate and allow that to be expressed in our lives in and through our lives. And so for that, we need to actually go to the scriptures. So I want to read to you just a few of the scriptures. I think I told you last week that there are over 400 scriptures in there, I think are about 400 scriptures in uh, the Bible that talk about peace. But there's three in particular in the book of John that I want us to look at this morning and uh, that I want us to think about during this podcast. The first one is found in John 14, 27, and you'll hear me turn the pages of my Bible because I have it with me. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 
And then turn with me over to John 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And then the last one I want to read right now is in John chapter 20. Would you turn there with me? And verses, verse 21, John chapter 20, verse 21. Actually, we're going to start at verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, think about that just for a minute, won't you? On the evening of that day of the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear. The disciples were afraid. They were afraid of their environment. They were afraid of dying. They were afraid of persecution. They were being sought out by the Jews to be harmed. And so they had locked themselves behind closed doors. They were sheltering in place. They were sequestered. They were being separated and isolated from the world because of fear. And yet our Jesus, who is so kind and so understanding, who so knows what we go through and so understands why we would lock ourselves in for fear, comes and stands among them. He appears to them behind their locked doors. You know, Jesus isn't afraid to come in behind our locked doors and stand among us and say to us, peace be with you. Peace be with you. There is a need for peace. He understands that we have a need for peace. In John, it's very evident that he understands that his disciples have a need for peace. That word peace in the Greek is erene. It is used five times in John, and all five times are found in this one short segment of chapters between chapters 14 and 20. As a matter of fact, this is beautiful. John chapters 14 through 16 are considered Jesus's last discourse. A discourse is a sermon or a message. It's his last message to the disciples. As he's looking to the future because he's about to go to the cross, Jesus doesn't want his disciples to be caught unprepared for the time that is coming. He could see what was about to come. He could see what they would face when he was leaving, when he was finished with his work on the cross and would ascend. And so he uses this moment to bring a final message. And this final message is called an assurance oracle. It's beautiful because an oracle is actually a prophetic message. It's a prophetic word. It's a foretelling word that sees into the future, but has implications for the present. Implications meaning that uh, there are things that you'll need to adjust yourself to in order to prepare, be prepared for the future. 
but you would know what the future is because it's an oracle. It means it's a prophetic word and he's prophesying to them through this message, telling them what's to come and how to be prepared for it now. And then it has assurance in it because he wants to encourage them. He wants to inspire confidence in them and he wants to give them security for the future, no matter what they go through. I love that. Jesus is so kind. So Jesus recognizes, see, that after he departs, the disciples are going to have to confront a hostile world. In John 15, verses 18 to 20, says, If the world hated me, they will hate you. And if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Jesus experienced what it was like to be a human and to be treated unkindly, to be opposed, and to walk through difficult, challenging, oppressive, depressing, and painful circumstances. In John 20, verses 19, he gives his oracle, assurance oracle, his prophetic message to prepare the disciples in chapters 14 to 16, because he knew they were going to face some difficult times. And already in chapter 20, they're already beginning to face those difficult times. And it's in that time, it says, on the evening of that day, we read this just a few minutes ago. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And he didn't say it just once, he said it twice. Craig Keener, a very, a very prominent New Testament scholar, said about this verse that in this way, the Spirit was going to equip them for the situation that lay ahead, enabling them to be witnesses in the context of grave opposition. You see, Jesus here is speaking to his disciples. John, in his book, recounting what Jesus is saying to his disciples, is speaking to the Johannine community and the Holy Spirit through Jesus' words that John wrote down to his community in his time is speaking to us in our time. Why? Because we're all going to face violent opposition at some point in our lives. We all face challenging times. We all face difficulty. And it comes in so many different forms. But it comes from the enemy of our soul. It comes in our bodies and minds in the form of illness or threat of illness. Look at a coronavirus pandemic. It comes in external circumstances and in relationships. It comes in the world around us with politics and governmental shifting and even things like earthquakes. And why? Because listen, I just want to tell you the truth. Conflict is unavoidable. And Jesus told us, right? We said, Jesus, Jesus told us in Matthew, Matthew eleven twelve. he told us already that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. Changes, especially changes that we are not in control of, that we didn't choose, that we didn't desire, that we didn't know were coming, that caught us by surprise. They always bring a measure of conflict, if not on the outside of us, certainly on the inside of us. Conflict looks like many things. Conflict can look like 
a war. It can look like injustice. It can look like sickness. It can look like demonic oppression. It can look simply like adversity. How about losing your job in this time? It can look like violence. And all of it, it's a result of living in a fallen, sin-sick, and demonically inhabited world. But in the midst of conflict, our precious Savior Jesus, he comes through the door, behind the locked doors, in the midst of the conflict, and he says to his disciples in every age, let not your heart be troubled. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then in John 16, 33, as we have read this before, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I love what N.T. Wright has to say about this passage of Scripture. N.T. Wright is actually a New Testament scholar. And he says this, Somehow, even in the worst that is to come, the disciples can have a peace that will carry them through. This peace doesn't come from a detached, philosophical attitude. It isn't a matter of saying, Oh, well, these things happen. It isn't a shrug of the shoulders, a resigning of yourself to the world being a nasty place where there's nothing much you can do about it. It's a matter of standing on the ground that Jesus is going to win, indeed, that he already claims to have won. You'll have trouble in the world, but cheer up, he says. I've defeated the world. Yes, the world that will hate, persecute, and ridicule the followers of Jesus has not been sidelined nor downgraded. That ridicule has been defeated. When Jesus took upon himself the weight of the world's sin, when he burst through death itself into God's new creation, and already when he decisively challenged the power of corruption, decay, and death in healing the cripple, the man born blind, and Lazarus in and through all these things, he was not just proving a point. He was winning a victory. He was not just setting an example. He was establishing a new reality. Just as tactically minded politicians like to establish facts on the ground from which they can then launch a new program, so Jesus has established, and in the coming three days, as he goes to the cross, he will set up forever facts on the ground. Kingdom facts. Facts within the history of the world which are set to become the new order and the way everything will one day be. Isn't that beautiful? The new order, the way everything will one day be. And so Jesus comes behind those locked doors and he says, Peace be with you. You have no need to fear. Yes. You will have tribulation. You will have trouble in the world, but I have overcome the world. Let not your heart be troubled. Jesus has come. And it's not just a philosophical attitude. I love that. It isn't just shrugging your shoulders and resigning yourself. 
We don't have to be resigned to this moment. You don't have to resign yourself to fear or depression or anger to get through this time. You need to just stand in the new order, in the established way that Jesus has made for us, the way of peace. That's the way to go forward, to allow the peace of Christ to enter into your heart and to establish that new order so that whatever you face in this time of conflict, whatever it is that we will face in the season that is coming as the whole world opens up again in the midst of this pandemic and facing possibly some economic challenges, we can have peace because a way has been made. So wherever you're at today, whatever you're doing right now, if you have locked the door of your heart, if you have locked the doors of your mind, you feel locked in, you feel caged in, you feel like you are so isolated that you can't get out, you fear going outside of those locked doors, you fear leaving the safety of your house to go outside again and engage in community, engage with your family, engage in, in life because of the fear and because of this trauma of this time. I want to say to you, Jesus is coming to you right now and he's saying, peace be with you. Don't be afraid. Yes, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world and I am with you. And in Hebrews it says, he will never leave us nor forsake us. So we don't ever have to be afraid. So Father, right now, we just invite your peace. We invite you again, Prince of Peace, to come and invade us, to come, come past our locked doors. Sometimes, Lord, we get so afraid and so much has happened or we get so angry, we get, we get depressed and we don't have the strength in us to open up those doors to you, God, but we, but we hear you and we know you're calling. We just invite you. We give you permission right now, Holy Spirit. We give you permission to come through those locked doors and to speak to our bodies, every cell of our body. Right now, would you just take a nice deep breath Just allow peace to come on you. Right now I speak to the cells in your body, every cell in your body, every, every thought in your mind. Receive peace. Open up and receive the peace of Jesus Christ. And we just, we just speak to depression and fear, anger, all those emotions. We tell them just to lift off of you right now in Jesus' name. I know there are some of you because I have some friends who are going through some very difficult times right now and it has nothing to do with the pandemic. It has everything to do with a loved one being sick. It has everything to do with a relationship going, going south. What we call going south means that it's not doing well. For some of you, you've been at home and... Um, you've had to face some of the dysfunction in your family and your marriage with your children 
and it's been hard and you're grieving right now and you can have peace in the midst of that grieving as well. We're not talking about denying your feelings because denial never, it only works for a time and then at some point your emotions come up. Emotions are symptoms of other things. I think I said that last week. But you can have peace in the midst of grieving. You can have peace in the midst of conflict. As a matter of fact, having peace in the midst of conflict allows you to respond in that conflict more wisely. It allows you to grieve understanding that hope is not all lost. It allows you to continue to trust God and be comforted and to know that there is life ahead. So I bless you with peace right now in Jesus' name. And I look forward to talking with you again as we continue this series in this podcast about peace for violent times. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Move Forward podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast, then share it with a friend. Subscribing gets you every new episode automatically downloaded to your device. For more information and resources from Kim, visit our website at kimmoss.com.